Am I the astronaut for honking at another driver at Starbucks who cut in front of me at a drive through each time she tries to order? So here's what happened. This line at Starbucks I went to was really long. I was in line for a good 20 minutes until this lady in a Mercedes tries to cut in front of me and like eight others behind me. I laid on the horn and tried to block her from cutting me, but she succeeded anyway and flipped me off. Okay. I'm the type of person who will not let someone get away with shit like this. So I waited until she pulled up and as soon as she tried to order, I honked. And not just a boop. He was like, so I wait. So then she looks at me with a dirty look and gives me the finger, which I already had a middle finger of my own ready for her. Each time she makes an attempt to order something, I honk and sometimes lay on the horn for three seconds. We stopped as soon as she drove off. We then ordered and went about our day. I just can't have people who are extremely rude like that lady, and I simply couldn't let this go. Am I the astronaut for this? I, uh, it's, it's tough. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously it's not okay what the Mercedes driver did. Yes, it sucks. And obviously this person's a shit person for cutting in line and in general for a reaction to that and trying to prevent it and honking at her once NTA. However, whenever OP here repeatedly did it, and it depends on how long this went on, whenever OP repeatedly did it, it just elongated the amount of pain that everyone behind OP was having to experience this shit and having to wait. And uh, I, I intentionally will not, will not go through the drive through at Starbucks. I refuse. I will mobile order. I will park my ass in the parking lot and walk inside, pick up my coffee, go back to out to the car and leave because I can do that in two minutes flat max. I think that uh, in general, it's an NTA, but how it was handled probably could have been handled a little bit better because you could have done it depending on how long it went on. If it was more than a minute of this, that they were causing pain for the people behind them. I'm sure, the people behind them equally appreciate them standing up for them and forcing them out of the line too. So maybe they made up that savings by them leaving the line and not having to wait on them at the window. Maybe my argument is busted here. It's one of the many reasons that I avoid the drive-thru at Starbucks. I just won't do it. Just can't do it. You know, everybody's in a hurry in the morning when they're trying to get their coffee and everybody, I'm shocked how many people are willing to sit in line for 20, 30 minutes. Like what, just press the button and park and walk inside and there it is, whoa. There are some times when it's overrun when you end up standing in line or standing inside waiting for 30 minutes on your coffee and that's, yeah, you know, just don't really do it anymore. Step Monster tried to kidnap me and my sister for Christmas. This happened in 2009, when I was 15 and my sister was 11. I honestly don't remember it well. I had to call my mother to fill me in on some details, and it helped a little. My parents got divorced when I was 10. My mother got primary custody, but we stayed with my father for about three days a week, sometimes more. They took turns celebrating the holidays with us. We'd spend them with one parent in one year and with the other one the next. In March 2009, my father and his then-girlfriend Molly broke up after he confessed to cheating with the woman that eventually became S.M., stepmom. Years later, I found out that affair had been going on for almost two years by the time he told Molly. He introduced SM to us in May, on my birthday actually, and they almost immediately announced their engagement. 
From that moment, she started trying to force us all to be a happy blended family, which usually meant forcing us to do everything she, or sometimes my stepbrother, wanted and pretending my mom wasn't in the picture. SM and my dad started pushing her to leave us with them a lot more often than my parents had previously agreed, but she thankfully wouldn't budge. We started getting ready for the holidays in November, and SM started talking about a ski resort, hotel, I don't know, it was 14 years ago, that she wanted to visit with us. It was a three-hour car drive from where we lived and was clearly more suited for couples, younger children, or the elderly. Neither me or my sister actually wanted to go, but before we could say that, SM asked us when we'd be done with school so that she could book it for a two-week trip during our winter break. I was happy to be the one to break it to her. We'd spent Christmas and New Year's Day with my father and Molly the year before, so it was my mom's turn to have us. My father and SM called my mother dozens of times trying to convince her to let them take us, insisting that SM was excited to spend Christmas with us and that the previous year's holidays didn't count because we'd spent them with Molly. Yeah, that's totally how it works. My mom said no, as she'd already made plans and the subject was dropped for a few weeks. Then, on our last day of school before winter break, SM picked me and my sister up from our schools. That was fine. We were supposed to spend a couple of days with my father before the holidays. What wasn't fine was that the moment we got into the car, SM said, We're going to the ski resort. Surprise! She proceeded to tell us that they'd already packed our bags for us and dad would meet us there. I asked if my mom knew about this and she said, Sure, sure. But I knew that was a lie. I also didn't believe her when she said we'd only be there for a couple of days and would be back before Christmas. I'd figured they'd book the two-week stay they wanted and would probably guilt trip us both into staying once their couple of days were up. I was terrified. I didn't have a phone. My mom thought I was still too young to have one. Also, it was like 14 years ago. Didn't trust SM, and I could see my sister was even more scared. I told SM we didn't want to go. She said, Fine, let's just pick up stepbrother from school. We picked him up from school, SM said. Okay, now let's go to the resort. I said again that we didn't want to go. She said, fine, let's just find a gas station and fill up. That pattern repeated itself about six times over the next hour. Every time I said we didn't want to go, SM would make up an excuse and pretend to forget my plea. As we were about to leave town, my dad called SM. I heard them fight for a few minutes about something and then she hung up. Stepbrother asked her what happened, but she didn't answer. Then she said, I'm taking you kids to your mom's. She turned the car around and took us home. When we got there, my mom pulled us out of the car and screamed at SM to leave what she did. My mom was hugging us and bawling as if she hadn't seen us in years. She didn't tell me the full story until a few days later. Basically, my mom called my dad in a panic because he'd never told her we'd gotten home, which he always did whenever he picked us up from school. He was hoping she wouldn't call until we were already at the resort. My father knew that lying would do more harm than good, so he told her their plans. He tried to spin it around as something my sister wanted, but my mother didn't buy it. She told him that if SM didn't take us back to her place, she'd call the police. My father and SM took my stepbrother to the resort. For a few months after, they bragged about all the fun they had and all the things me and my sister had missed. Stepbrother later confided in me that he actually hated it. He barely saw his mom while they were there, and he spent Christmas mostly alone in their room. SM called us both selfish for trying to ruin their holidays. My sister actually felt guilty for a while, and I had to reassure her. My mom didn't call the cops or press charges. At the time, she didn't know if what SM did would qualify as a crime or if they'd actually help. She also feared that would ruin our relationship with my father, with whom she was still trying to stay on amicable terms. Years later, she told me she regretted not calling anyone. 
And that's the story of how I got my first phone. For some reason, I really hate this story so much that I avoid talking about it. This text was actually on my drafts for almost a week. It's far from the worst thing SM has ever done, but it still pisses me off. I admit that writing it all down did help a little, though. And again, as a reminder, that is actually, uh, this is an origin story for what one of the member-exclusive, longer, spicier, crazier stories will be. Oh, wow. Okay, so this was a uh, an entitled parents story, and it was titled Step, Mon- "Step Monster Tried to Kidnap Me and My Sister for Christmas." Obviously, a terrible, horrible ask on one thing to do. She knew she wasn't supposed to do it, and she was willing to do it anyway. She was willing to lie to these kids who were at the time eleven and what? Fifteen and eleven. Fifteen and eleven. You think you think you're going to be able to just pull the wool over their eyes and them not know what's going on? The first tell. Well, the first tell was her trying to force them to all be, you know, a happy blended family, which what would what would you do? What would you do anyway if you're, you know, a step parent and you want the family to be happy? You're obviously going to try to inject some positivity into there, try to make it a positive environment. However, when she said all of the years before didn't count because she wasn't there, that's when you really get a clear picture of how this woman's mind operates. And apparently, I have not read any of the other stories that are connected to this origin story, but apparently it gets batshit crazy. She's called Step Monster for a reason. So now we have the origin story. Hi all, I wasn't going to post another update, at least not this soon, but I've gotten dozens of DMs and messages asking if I am okay and how things are going, so this is specifically in response to those who were checking in on me. To recap my story, I first posted a couple of weeks ago that my husband accused me of financial infidelity after I spent 5k of my own fun money allotment on a gaming computer desk and chair. Even though my spending was within our agreed upon rules, he subsequently admitted that he wasn't really upset about the gaming setup, but about what he perceived as a lack of professional ambition. I'm a senior software dev and we make the same salary at the moment. Plus, he wanted me to cook more elaborate meals, put more effort into home decor, and dress up more for him. Finally, about a week later, he accused me of being low value due to not being a virgin when we met. At age 21, neither was he, and he never once previously criticized that in our 12 years together. And he told me he was having an affair with a younger co-worker who had been a virgin. Gross, I know. Then he moved out and in with her. Folks have been asking me this week how things went with him picking up his stuff, meeting with my lawyer, etc. So I wanted to share those updates for anyone who's interested. So he was supposed to come get his stuff on Tuesday evening a couple days ago, but he told me at the last minute he couldn't because Amy, his girlfriend, wasn't feeling well. Some people called it in the comments, but yes, she's pregnant apparently. He told me this on text, so I have proof of the affair in writing now. It's not just his word against mine. Anyway, I don't want him to keep jerking me around on the schedule for whatever reason, so I told him I'd pack his stuff up and arrange for movers. I think it's better that way. I really don't want him or them in the house. I had already arranged for a friend to come over on Tuesday when he and Amy were supposed to come by, so the two of us spent the evening packing his clothes and other personal effects. The movers came yesterday and got the boxes and the furniture items he wanted. He didn't want much, just the stuff from his home office and his dresser, as apparently Amy's apartment is small. I provided a detailed inventory and photos of everything, which he approved, so he can't say that a broker otherwise ruined his stuff. Time out. Did he try to say that he wanted your 5K gaming setup? Ha, 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 game on. After that, yesterday I went to the clinic to get STD tests. 
Won't have the results for a week or so, but thankfully I haven't had any symptoms and met with my lawyer who said I had a good cause for grounds of adultery and mental cruelty if I want or need to go that route. At a minimum, it's leverage to get him to settle quickly and quietly. Also locked down all the finances within the parameters provided by the lawyers so that he can't empty our joint funds or take anything that belongs to me. Changed account beneficiaries and all that fun stuff. Changed the locks on the house too. I decided to take some of the advice of the commenters and I'm getting rid of the bed and other bedroom furniture I shared with him. I'm donating it. Someone is coming this afternoon to haul it all off and I'm going to completely redecorate the bedroom to my own taste. That will take a bit, staying in one of the guest rooms in the meantime. I'm also taking a spa weekend away, leaving tomorrow morning and back Sunday night, just to get a change of scenery before I have to go back to work next week. And yes, even after buying the gaming setup, I have plenty of fun money left in my accounts to afford my lawyer's retainer and redoing the bedroom as well as my getaway with plenty left over. Here's to frugality when it counts. Those are the main updates for the moment. I'm doing better than expected, I think, and realizing more day by day that it really wasn't a good marriage, at least not for the last couple of years when he started expecting me to do everything around the house and all the other emotional labor and running our lives outside of work with no help and little to no gratitude. Amy sure is going to have her hands full. There we go. You know, you know, you know, you know. Yes, very, very, very happy for OP here. Happy that, uh, that well, I mean, this was coming whether she, whether she took action on it or not. But she's handling this so well, so responsibly, almost from like an out-of-body kind of perspective where she's like, okay, what would be the smart thing to do now? I'm not going to flip out. I'm not going to set all of this shit on fire. I'm not going to put myself in a position that's going to come back and bite me in the ass later on. I'm going to really think about what I'm doing and try to do it smart here. So many people in this position aren't capable of doing that because all the emotions are bubbling up and it overrides all logic and they just run with it. Just whatever comes up, it's just word vomit just happens and they get themselves in some shit but op is doing great here she's doing great and she realizes that it's going to be better for her to do these things i mean she's already taking steps for her future and if you notice it wasn't an immediate like maybe i'll find love somewhere else someday that was not even a thought here it was cool i'm going to redecorate the room to my taste i'm gonna do my stuff i'm taking a spa weekend like she is prepping to be happier on her own. And we talk about this a lot, but putting yourself in a position where you can be happy alone is is fertile ground for a healthy relationship and someone to show up in your world who is in the same place. And that puts so much less pressure on a relationship. So not that she needs to meet any, anybody. She can be happy the, the rest of her life by herself. And that's awesome. However, her ability to be happy alone is what's going to make finding someone that much easier removal of pressure it's uh it's great and from from the the younger co-worker who's now preggers by her her cheating ex like she's gonna get hers you know she's gonna get hers because we know what brozo here is capable of we know that in just a few short years he's gonna be like you know i really don't feel like you're pulling your weight around here you used to wear dresses used to cook meals like have an elaborate presentation in our one bedroom apartment here and now you just you just don't even try and she's like i just had a baby i'm like i'm i'm breastfeeding this baby right now what do you want me to do i don't know it's not sexy i don't feel i don't feel appreciated like the man that i should feel you know i want i want to walk in the door and be worshipped that's what he wants and this it's not sustainable I mean, it's not right, obviously, but it's also not sustainable. And she's going to get hers to the, the complicated part of 
his new endeavor here is that now there's a kid involved. And thank goodness, OP, you didn't have that complication. You have a clean break here. And a lot of people don't get that. Enjoy it. Enjoy the hell out of it. You had that 5K gaming setup. My first thought when you're like, I'm going to redo my bedroom. You have a guest bedroom. Make the guest bedroom your bedroom bedroom. Make that master bedroom your gaming center. You know what I mean? Whole damn thing. Do it up like your dream gaming station there. It would be amazing. And then share pictures with the world. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is Am I the Askinaut for telling my wife that it was her decision to lose her wallet on vacation? Here's the wallet story. Her decision to lose her wallet. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. My wife and I are currently on day three of a week-long vacation. We've had a great time so far and have taken many great photos and videos. However, for most of the day today, my wife was looking for her wallet. Shortly after breakfast, my wife decided to go for a swim in the hotel pool. She quickly changed clothes in our room, and her wallet somehow slid under the dresser. After her swim, she showered and then told me her wallet had gone missing. We looked everywhere for it, even retracing her steps in the breakfast room and pool area. At this point, she seemed sad, and I was growing angry. I reminded her that some of my cash was in there and that she needed to find it to avoid me losing money. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I would like to remind OP here that based on the title of the story, it was his choice to put his money in her wallet that got lost. I don't carry a wallet because I don't like the way it feels in my pants. At this point, my wife asked me if I cared at all about what was hers in the wallet or if this was just all about me. I responded, you decided to lose it all by yourself. I found it laughable that she was worried about her own money and cards when she had been so careless and dumb in the first place. And now I was somehow the jerk for being mad when she hadn't asked if I wanted her to lose the wallet. Ridiculous. Oh, brozo, here we go. I mean, with an OP like this, we have a long way to go still, but time out. With an OP like this, uh, nothing has ever happened to them. They've never made any mistakes. They've never lost anything. They've never misplaced anything. Um, And clearly, you know, accidents aren't accidents. They are conscious decisions to F something up. What kind of worldview is that, brozo? Game on. She told me that I was being insensitive and callous, but I laughed and told her that I never lost any of my wallets and that perhaps she was just being stupid. Time out. He just said he doesn't carry a wallet. It's hard to lose something that you don't have. And because he never carries a wallet, he puts his money in other people's wallets. You can't be mad at someone for losing something. Game on. My wife stormed off, leaving me in the room by myself. It was shortly thereafter that I discovered the wallet under the dresser. I thought I deserved a tremendous amount of credit for offering to help look, and I felt proud of myself for locating my cash. I considered texting my wife, telling her that I found it in case she was still looking, but I thought it would send the wrong message by telling her that it was okay to lose my things, so I decided to let her keep looking until she got back to the room. What the f***? Candy Thunder, I know I can be an asshole sometimes, and like you said, I live at Ascon 3, but at least I'm not this guy, right? When she did finally return, I handed her the wallet with a grin on my face. 
She took it, but said nothing. The disrespect was palpable. She couldn't even muster a thank you. This made me furious. I told her that she was acting like a complete child and that I couldn't believe she was treating me so poorly after everything I had done for her. She told me to sleep on the other bed. Our room has two. It's now the middle of the night and I'm wondering if I could have handled this better. I just want my wife to stop deciding to lose things, but she seemed determined to, to take zero responsibility at all. I'm sad and need advice. Am I the asshole? Yes! 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 And you know what's funny about this, sir? You decided to be the asshole. No, like for real. She didn't decide to lose her wallet. Nobody decides to have accidents or to misplace things. Nobody decides to do that. And as someone who doesn't even carry a wallet, you can't bitch about it. You can't ask someone, hey, will you put this stuff in your wallet because I don't carry one and then get pissed when they lose their wallet? No, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that at all. Also, Shit happens. Has shit never happened to you, OP? How? How How do you live in a world where shit has never happened? This is like saying, hey, um, you know, you were you were going to this vacation and you were going to get on a flight, but you ended up having uh, like a flight canceled or something. Well, uh, you decided to book that flight. It's clearly your fault. And the whole time it was just under the dresser. She didn't even lose it outside of the room. This dude is a class one, ASCON one, brozo. This is just a shit person. Straight there. And maybe maybe the offense, maybe the offense wasn't wasn't like a, an evil thing, but but this worldview in general is is an evil thing. It feels like it feels like living with this person would be absolute hell because they sit on this pedestal. Hello up there, and nothing bad ever happens to you. No mistakes ever happen. You never lose anything up there. It's all it's all decisions. It's like you just wake up and decide to crush it, so you you crush it, and nothing nothing ever goes uh, nothing ever goes not according to plan. Hello. Turns out the uh, the top of that pedestal is just Ascon One. That's where it's sitting. It's way up there, way up there. Um, that's this is a garbage worldview. I don't know how this poor woman ended up marrying UOP. This poor poor woman, and really poor anybody that is connected to you in life, because oh. Now there's an angle. There's an angle to this where where like if somebody was constantly losing things, if somebody was constantly misplacing things, if this was a pattern, then it could be like a uh, I'm upset because um, she's always careless, and that leads to this. And there would be a touch of understanding to that. But that's not. It's like a one-time thing. He's like, you decided to lose my shit, so. Every single step of this, he chose poorly. Every single step of this, he chose to be selfish. Every single step of this, he chose to be an ASCON one, brozo. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how someone can actually have this worldview and and write it all out and be like, yep, that makes sense. Yep, I think I'm in the right. Yep. To quote Tony Spark, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You have to get the like in there at the beginning. Like, what are you doing? Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the asking for calling my ex-wife a crazy bee for trying to break our daughter and her boyfriend up so that she can start dating the boyfriend's dad? <laughs> oh, yeah.
My 45 male, X 35 female, and I have a daughter, Alana, 16 female. Alana has been dating Eric, 18 male, for about eight months now. Things have been going well for them. My ex is active in Alana's school community and recently met Eric's dad, 44 male, at a recent school function. From what I understand, they hit it off and were moving in the direction of seeing each other. That is, until Eric's dad found out that my ex is the mother of his son's girlfriend. He thought things would be weird and awkward if they started dating, so he made it clear to my ex that that was no longer a possibility and why. My ex did not take it well. According to what Alana told me later, her mom came home drunk one night and started mumbling at her about how she was a burden who always ruined her happiness. The next day, ex either didn't remember or pretended not to remember and thanked Alana for taking care of her when she was drunk. But it didn't take long before my ex started telling Alana how she didn't think Eric was right for her. They've got a two-year age gap and it will be separated for at least that long when he goes to college. And that it would be better to break it off now. Alana was upset and they got into a fight bad enough that she came to spend the night at my place. I told her that her mother was full of it. And as long as the guy's not hurting her, it's none of her mother's business who she dates. Things calmed down for a bit before suddenly escalating. Instead of simply telling my daughter it would be best to break up with Eric, X started actively trying to sabotage the relationship. Ugh. Examples include telling Alana she saw Eric with another girl talking up and trying to introduce Alana to one of her friend's kids, and even stealing Alana's phone so that she could use it to text Eric that they were done. What are you doing, Ma? Ma! After resolving the misunderstanding with Eric, Alana had an even bigger fight with her mother before finally getting the reason why she was doing this. She wanted to get together with Eric's dad but he wouldn't be with her because the kids were dating. Alana lost it, called her mom a crazy bee, and came back over to live with me. When I got the full story, I was livid. I called my ex to ask her what the F she thought she was doing. She said her love life wasn't any of my business. I told her I don't care about her love life, I care about our daughter. Then I asked her why, if Eric's dad wouldn't be with her because of the kids' relationship, would she think he would be okay with her breaking the kids up? She called me jealous and said he wouldn't know if I didn't tell them. I called her a crazy bee just like Alana did and hung up. Now, not only am I getting texts from her calling me abusive, but also her sister and her friends, who I assume don't have the true story, calling me the same. I tried to ignore them, but it did get me thinking about whether I went too far when I lost my temper. I'm not a 16-year-old like Alana who can't filter their thoughts from their mouth. Am I the asshole? Yeah, this poor girl. Oh my gosh. You know, okay, she's what, 16? 16, the ex is 35, so she was 19? Is that right? Is my math correct there? She was 19 whenever she birthed the child here. I think we see a lot of this today. Maybe it's always existed, but it's more visible now. Um, people, not just not just moms, but but I think it's more obvious when it's a mom who feel like they were robbed the the party phase of their life because they had a young child go through this midlife crisis and it's not even midlife yet she just they go through this regret crisis where they try to they try to recapture as much of it as they can so it's you know you can see it in the way that they dress in the way that they act in what they want to go out and do and what they're willing to do to the people that they love this is someone who regrets being a mom i mean she freaking said called her daughter a burden right? A burden who always ruined her happiness. That's what she called her child. While drunk, doesn't matter. The words came out. Clearly meant it at least in that moment and probably means it overall now. That worldview isn't going to lead to anything positive. Not at all. And it's going to lead to more and more and more and more and more conflict as, as they go here. What the hell? A parent, 
a single parent who was in the situation and found out that that the kids were dating would immediately be like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's weird. Um, Sorry. Even if they broke up, the dad, even if they broke up organically without without mom trying to orchestrate this, even if they broke up organically, dad would probably be like, yeah, it's still weird. Like, think about the future. We could never be married. They couldn't be they couldn't be step siblings because they dated. It would be weird. Everything from this point forward would be weird. Drop it and walk away. But hell no. Hell no, she can't do that. She's got a chance to recapture some glory time here, so she's going to go for it. So the question from OP here was, am I the astronaut for calling my ex-wife a crazy bee for trying to break up our daughter and all the other crazy stuff? No, hell no. Hell no, dude. Okay, look at it this way. That's the worst of your actions. So you called her out, but she did 12 inexcusable things that were crossing the line to try to break up her daughter's relationship so she could date the dad and has now told people that you're abusive because you called her out on her shit. Remember when people get exposed, of course they're going to flip out. Of course they're going to deflect. Of course they're going to lose their shit. They just got exposed. Of course she's going to do this shit. Don't let her misinformation and her trying to rally her troops to her side just to tip the scales scare you off here. This is not you standing up for you. This is you standing up for your daughter. What's right for your daughter? And draw a line here that shall not be crossed. And if you waver right now and let her or you go apologize or be like, hey, maybe I was a little bit harsh, blah, blah, blah. That line becomes blurry. And this is the kind of person who's going to stomp all over it. She's already trying to. She knows the line is there and is just crossing it anyway. You confirming this line exists, reinforcing it and protecting your daughter and letting her stay with you is what needs to happen. She needed to be called a crazy bee because that's what she is. If you feel really bad, just get her tickets to a singles cruise. If I didn't say it specifically before, NTA. I think I did. But in case, NTA. Ma will go ahead and make it official. It's straight up an ask on one. Being willing to do that to your child for your own personal selfish game is, is an evil thing. It's an evil thing to do. And to look at your child as a burden who has always ruined your happiness, that's a shit person thing to do, Ma. Like she's hit this point in her life where she thinks she has the freedom to start like partying again because her daughter's 16. Maybe she does have that freedom now, but can't let it affect your relationship with your children. What are you what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not wanting my mother-in-law to be with my baby without me around? My mother-in-law and I have a strained relationship. There has always been some tension, but it got worse when I was around seven months pregnant. My mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and sister-in-law moved in with my husband and I for a few months while their new home was being built. I had a very emotional pregnancy and was very overwhelmed with having a house full while preparing for the arrival of our first child. Time out. They moved in. When you were seven months pregnant, I think most people would look at this situation and be like, yeah, we probably need to go stay somewhere else and not move in with the people who are expecting a child really soon. They got enough on their plate right now. But no, these folks are like, you know what? Is it free? Cool. We'll be there. My mother-in-law was also a bit overbearing with our unborn child, saying she was her baby. 
wanting a full nursery at her house and making plans to keep the baby overnight as a newborn, which we never discussed doing. A lot of tension built up between my brother-in-law and mother-in-law because I was emotional and reacted irrationally to the smallest things. After I gave birth and was myself again, I apologized to my brother-in-law and he completely understood and we've been great since. When I apologized to my mother-in-law, she wasn't as forgiving. She was still a bit overbearing as well, just being overall very possessive towards her. Unfortunately, for the first couple of months, our baby was very attached to me since I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm with her every day. Every time anyone would hold her, mother-in-law included, she would kick and scream and cry. After a couple of times, my mother-in-law stopped interacting with her. Now that our baby is older, she's one now, she doesn't react in that way and she's allowed my mother-in-law to hold her without getting upset. Now my mother-in-law wants more one-on-one quality time with our baby to bond. The issue is, my relationship with my mother-in-law has gotten worse and it is clear that she does not like me. On numerous occasions, I have apologized for how I acted while I was pregnant and have tried to reach out to hang out and mend our relationship, but she has declined invitations. We have a family vacation coming up and she mentioned she hadn't gone shopping for it yet. I invited her to go shopping with my husband and I and she replied with, I'm going to watch the baby. And then I replied, I thought you said you needed to go shopping too. I asked her again if she wanted to come with us and she declined. My husband wants to drop off our baby at her house while the two of us go shopping, which I thought was weird because we usually all shop together. He eventually told me she specifically wants to spend time with our baby alone and doesn't want me there. This upset me and made me feel like she genuinely does not want to have a relationship with me. I told my husband I'm not comfortable with dropping our baby off with someone who doesn't like me and most likely doesn't respect me. And if she wants to spend time with her baby, I would rather us all be together. Once we mend our relationship, I will be more open to it. Just a note, I have never denied her time with our baby. The three of us usually go to her house and hang out for a couple of hours whenever she asks us to. But my husband says I'm getting in the way of their relationship and am weaponizing our baby. Am I the asshole? Let's entertain the notion for a moment that uh, that OP's husband is not a mama's boy and isn't all for this. He did tell her. He did tell her what was going on. He told OP. Uh, but it, I think it took a minute for him to come clean about it. So he's he's going along with it at least somewhat. And his mom has him convinced at least somewhat that this is all true. Here's the deal. We've talked about this before. If you don't have a relationship with the parents, you don't get to have a relationship with the kids. That's how it works. Now, if they were split up, it'd be a different story. Oh, crap. That's the next step, isn't it? That's the next step in mother-in-law's great plan. She's got control of the son already because he was going to go along with this. He can she can't have a relationship with the child without having a relationship with the mom. It just it shouldn't work like that. She knows this. Um so this may be the first this may be the opening pawn move in what will become a chess match that ultimately ends in their relationship destructing. So she is out of the way and, and mother-in-law can spend time with the baby. It's possible. It's crazy, but it's possible because where I was going with my statement was that if, if this couple is together, you don't get to have a relationship with the child without having a relationship with the mom. You just don't. If they're split up, it's different because then the mom no longer has control over what happens with the kid when the kid is with dad, right? Unless it's some kind of legally binding thing, but uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get mother-in-law's take here. It's like she, this, this is given the vibes of the mother-in-law who ended up showing up in the middle of the night and taking the baby to go stay at her house without waking up mom or dad and telling them. And then mom woke up and the baby was gone. This is giving those vibes. Like what, what is she willing to do? And the fact that you don't want the mom there is a huge one of these or a whole lot of these. 
It's a huge red flag. You have to understand that as a parent, that is something that makes a parent uncomfortable. And you probably, if you really want that to be a concerted effort for you to specifically bond with this child without mom around for a reason, you need to explain the reason to mom for her to have any chance of being comfortable with it. The fact that you didn't, the fact that you lied about it, the fact that you tried to scheme behind her back and then pit her husband against her proves that you know it's not it's not right. It's not the right thing to do. Otherwise you could be otherwise you could be completely open and honest about it. But you are shifty here. I'm talking to mother in law, not not OP. Very shifty. So uh, the the initial question here was, am I the astronaut for not wanting my mother-in-law to be with my baby without me around? Hell no. You have reason to be concerned here. If she is disrespectful towards you, I'm sure she's going to love her child. But if she hates you enough, you can't put doing something stupid past her. You can't. And you have to trust someone to be able to leave your infant child with them. That takes a shit ton of trust. That is the most trust that you can have in someone and trusting the life of your brand new babe, the soul that you birthed into the world and trusting it to them and only them for a certain period of time is like the most trust that you can expect of someone. And to treat them like shit and then be like, yes, give that trust to me is unreasonable. It is it is completely unreasonable. No reciprocation there at all. You can't treat someone like shit and then expect them to trust you. And I think the play where she might realize that, uh, that she doesn't get to have the relationship that she wants to have so long as wife is in the picture could lead to her trying to plant a divorce. People who who expect trust without giving trust or respect are like, I just don't understand. I don't understand it. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is actually from Am I the Devil? And it is, why doesn't my daughter speak to me? I, 42 male, I'm a father of two boys and a 19-year-old daughter who I'll refer to as Emma. Her mother passed away a few years ago, and since then, it's been just the four of us. I've always tried my best to be there for her, but lately, we've been facing a major conflict that has torn our family apart. Emma got pregnant unexpectedly, and when she broke the news to me, I was taken aback. I wasn't prepared to become a grandfather at this stage of my life, and I admit that I initially reacted poorly. I was scared for Emma's future. Knowing that becoming a teen mother can come with significant challenges. Feeling overwhelmed, I gave Emma an ultimatum. I told her that she had two choices, either give up the baby for adoption or leave the house. My reasoning behind this ultimatum was that I wanted what I thought was best for her and the baby. (laughs) Okay, time out. So you thought what would be best for the baby would be if she chose to keep it, that she'd be homeless living on the streets. Solid logic there, bruh. I didn't want her to struggle as a young single mother, and I believed adoption might provide the baby with a better life. Okay, so he's basically telling us here that the uh, kicking you out of the house thing was was basically just to force her into giving the baby up for adoption. Emma took her time to think things through and ultimately decided to keep the baby. She expressed to me how much she wanted to raise her child and that she believed she could handle the responsibility. She also mentioned that the idea of giving her baby away caused her immense emotional distress. After Emily made her decision, I reluctantly followed through with the ultimatum. Dude, you didn't do that. I couldn't bear the thought of her struggling, but at the same time, I couldn't force her to give up the child against her will. So with a heavy heart, I asked her to leave our home. (sighs) Yeah. 
Since Emily left, I've been feeling incredibly guilty about my decision. She's my daughter, and I love her deeply, but I believed that I was acting in her best interest. Now I'm questioning whether I did the right thing or I should have been more supportive of her choice. Yeah, dude, this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't supportive at all. You you kicked your daughter out. Like where where was she gonna go? Her mom passed away a few years ago. You were the person. You were her per the one person that she had. She was 19. And she got pregnant, so your your answer was to just kick her out? Because that's going to solve everything, Dad. It seems like... Yes, by the way. By the by, ask Han Wong. I hate to see you struggle. I really I really hate to see you, you know, struggle with, with a rating that really, that really identifies you as the severity of asshole that you really are. I really hate for you to struggle, to see you struggling with, you know, doing the right thing here. But uh, but I think assigning Ascon 1 is the right thing to do. You don't kick your effing child out whenever they're at the point in their life where they need you the most. This was a proving point where the daughter, the daughter needed you. And, and instead of stepping up and saying, hey, no matter what happens, I am here for you. No matter what happens in life, I am here for you to help you get through it. It's going to be tough and we'll get through it. Just like when you lost your wife, OP, and 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 you had to you had to keep pushing forward. It was going to be tough, but you got through it. This is going to be tough too. It's not going to be as tough as losing your wife and having to trudge through with the, the three kids the two boys and the 19-year-old daughter that you have it's not going to be like that it's going to be it's going to be rewarding it's going to be magical because now you know as a grandpa was that it was that the problem that you're 42 and you just couldn't handle being a grandpa was that the thing you really had a problem with i don't understand why you thought this was the right move and then because you said it you're like well i said it i got to follow through with it no you don't no you don't you got to do the right thing Call your daughter, get her ass back to the house, step up, help her, and get to be actively involved with your grandchild's life because here's where it's headed. You are headed down a road very quickly where your daughter is never going to speak to you again. And just like we talked about not long ago, if you don't have a relationship with a parent, you don't get to have a relationship with a child. You just made a choice that prevents you from having a relationship with both your daughter and your grandchild. Is that what you really wanted? I can't, I can't believe that it is. What in the hell could have fueled you to make this choice and truly think that it's the right thing to do? Ask on one. Fix it. Fix it now. Ridiculous. Yeah, he lost out. He just completely made a decision that's gonna he's gonna lose out on all of those times that a grandparent gets to enjoy in the very beginning. I'm a year away from being 42, and I'm nowhere near being ready to be to be a grandpa. We got a two-year-old and uh, Caden Thunder, who if you've been on the Wednesday lives, or you might have seen him in the re- recorded videos too, uh, but. Caden Thunder is 20. He'll be 21 this year. And whenever whenever we were going through the IVF journey and and discovered that Candy Thunder, you know, that that we were to a point where we could start talking about um Navy Thunder being on her way, I had to have a conversation with Caden Thunder and be like, "Bro, look, you do you, but I would really appreciate it if you didn't make me a grandfather and a a baby dad like a like a new dad um at the same time." Like, give me, give me a little bit of gap in there. Just, just, just give me a little bit of time in there. Uh, I mean, we'll do what we got to do, but I feel like having a, having a toddler at, in your, in your forties, like ages, you at a rapid pace. That's why my, every time you guys see me, my beard is a little more white. Yeah, that's why.
there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for trying to reconnect with my daughter after tough choices? Hey Reddit, I need some insight on a situation that's been tearing me apart. A few years ago, my life took an unexpected turn when I lost my beloved wife, my daughter's biological mother, to a sudden illness. In the midst of my grief, I found comfort in a support group for widowed spouses, where I met a woman who had also experienced loss. We got married, perhaps too soon, just six months after my wife's passing. Do we... Your wife passed away, and in six months you were married? Uh, I felt like a slug that just got salt poured on me. No. I believed this new relationship could provide stability for my daughter and me. However, blending our families wasn't as smooth as I hoped. My daughter was understandably still grieving and struggling with the loss of her mother. She wasn't ready to treat my new wife like her mother or call her children her siblings, and this caused tension in our homes. And what I believed was the best decision, I asked my daughter to go live with her maternal grandparents, who she had a close relationship with and expressed her desire to move in with. So, (laughs) the right choice wasn't to, you know, take your time. And if you felt like you might have a romantic interest with someone, like slowly introduce it to the family, see if the dynamic there and the chemistry all worked out, like give your daughter time to grieve. You take time to grieve. Make sure that you're not making rash decisions because you're grieving. Make sure that everybody gelled and then slowly take it to the next point. No, the right decision is to just marry someone that you met six months after your wife passed and then instead of you know trying to improve things or protect your daughter you're just going to tell her to leave so that your new wife and her kids can stay with you are we going to be making the wrong choice at every turn or is it just just these couple at the time i genuinely believed this would be best for my daughter she seemed unhappy living with us and her grandparents offered a loving and supportive environment despite the distance i made sure to call her four times a week but she rarely picked up and when she did it felt like she was just going through the motions feeling hurt and rejected i decided to limit contact hoping she would realize how much i cared and that i was only doing what was best for her recently i came across a post on social media about my daughter's high school graduation and realized i wasn't invited Feeling hurt again, I tried to reach out, hoping for a chance to reconcile. But my daughter refuses to talk to me. She even went as far as saying I'm not her father, which devastated me. I can't help but feel like she's being selfish, refusing to see I only did what was best for her, even if she can't understand it. Dude, you're lying to yourself. Homeboy here has fed himself his own bullshit so many times that he actually believes it now. In my mind, I've been trying to be a responsible parent and provide her with a stable home and support system. This is what I mean. He actually believes his own bullshit. I thought she'd be happier with her grandparents, but it seems like she can't forgive me for the choices I made. I'm hurt, and I want her to understand that everything I did was out of love for her, even if she can't see it. No, you, you. Reddit, am I the asshole for trying to reconnect and expecting her to apologize? Yes. Should I give up on our relationship and move on, or should I keep pushing for a chance to make things right? You can try. I believe I did what was best for her, even if she doesn't see it. Bullshit. And I just want her to understand that. Any advice or insights would be appreciated. Thanks for listening. Reddit. Okay. Before anything can be healed here, you, OP, brozo dumbass, have to recognize that you are feeding yourself bullshit and you are swallowing it down and calling it mashed potatoes. You have to understand and accept that none of this shit is true. You have to uh, you have to be able to see through this haze and say, "Yes, I did the wrong thing. I made the wrong choices. I 
married someone too quick. I didn't take the time to make sure that my daughter had a say in this and that she was comfortable with all of this. I didn't give her time to grieve instead of instead of doing the right thing and deciding to take it slower and living apart with my new wife and give my daughter time. Instead, I just sent her off to live with the grandparents. All of these things were the wrong thing. You cannot look at all these decisions and say, I did what was best for her. Bullshit. You did what was best for you. You did what was, what was easiest for you. And that's it. And until you can admit that, you will not have a relationship with your daughter. You have to get to the point where you can say, yeah, I recognize that I've been feeding myself bullshit this whole time. And and I, I see it now. I see that I was believing my own bullshit. You have to get past it, though. Somehow, somehow there's got to be a wake up call and pain creates change, right? Maybe this is the pain that will lead to that, but he's already experienced this pain. He's experienced this pain by not being invited. He says he's in pain. He's hurt right now and he still can't freaking see it. What is it going to take for this guy to understand? What is it going to take for him to see that he has chosen wrong at every turn? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that will take, but I do know he will never have a relationship with his daughter until he gets there. And so far, Brozo here has taken the easy route at every turn. Fixing things would require a hell of a lot of work. The precedent is that he's not going to do it because there's no easy way to do it. He's chosen the easy route every time. There is no easy route here, which means he's probably not going to do it. The question is, am I the asking for trying to reconnect with my daughter after tough choices? That's not, that's not the question. That's not... No, you're not the asshole for trying to reconnect with your daughter. That's not really what's going on here, though. That's not the question we should be asking. The question is, what is it going to take to be able to fix the relationship or have a smallest glimmer of hope in fixing the relationship with my daughter? The question should be, am I the asshole for moving for moving on and marrying someone six months after my wife passed and forcing my daughter to just deal with it or go live with her grandparents? That's what the question should be here and it would be yes absolutely you are the asshole because you could only think of yourself here and then you spoon fed yourself your own bullshit called it mashed potatoes and said you were doing the right thing for your freaking daughter and you believed it this whole time i'm just gonna stare at you for a while now so that you understand how serious i am yes you are the asshole however we've talked about how you can fix it The only question now is, is a relationship with your daughter worth the amount of effort that it's going to take? Is it worth the pain you're going to have to put yourself through? Obviously, a good dad would say yes. Someone who actually cared about his daughter would say yes, absolutely, and he would do whatever it took. There's no easy button, though. You can't marry your way out of this one. People who believe their own bullshit are like the the worst kind of people, in my opinion. I think there are there are people who who feed other people bullshit enough that they start to believe it themselves, and then their entire worldview is just jacked, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is a little bit different. This is Am I the Asconaut for Asking Wife to Take Her Turn of Parental Leave? My wife and I have a child together already. We both work. I have a high-pressure corporate job, and she runs her own successful small to medium-sized charity. We are financially comfortable but reliant on my income. I earn 77% of our income and my wife the remaining 23%. When we had our first child, my wife returned to work far earlier than planned, five to six weeks after the child was born. I took seven months of parental leave. We are discussing having a second child, and my wife is non 
committal about taking parental leave. I have changed roles and do not have the job security to take a substantial amount of parental leave this time around. Six weeks would be the upper maximum. Am I the astronaut for asking my wife to commit to taking a substantial amount, three to six months, of paid parental leave before agreeing to have a second child? My fear is that if she doesn't take leave, the responsibility will fall to me to do so and, and we will not be able to pay our bills if I lose my job as a result of that. Edit, there are two sides to every story, so you should read my wife's version too. Wife responds. Hold up! Hold up! It's very, very rare that we get a story and a response from uh, from who OP was talking about. First time ever where OP includes the other person's response in here. When Candy Thunder told me that we had a husband-wife response going on here, I thought, oh, okay, husband posted something. Wife found out about it. Wife comes at, back and responds, no. I don't know. They did this together. I'm impressed. All right. Wife responds. Let's spice this up a little. I'm the wife of the evidence obvious. And while he showed me this post as he posted it, good. We need perspectives. I did point out to him that his post is a little skewed. I'm honestly not bitter. Well, maybe just a tad LOL, but let's add some more information here. One, my role is also incredibly high pressured. Leading a medium large size organization, not small, while our household benefits from his salary, I have 40 plus employees who depend on a job that I provide them. We also exist to improve health outcomes of our clients, an important service for the community. Economically, my role generates far greater financial and social return for the wider community. On a monthly basis, my salary represents about 35 to 40% of the net income. My husband does get a great bonus once a year, but his post used gross salary figures. He pays a significant amount of tax, whereas I don't, being in the social services sector. Yes, he took seven months of parental leave, but our child went to daycare from four months onwards. His remaining three months of parental leave gave him a chance to have a career break and reset, which I was encouraging of. Four, I never said I wasn't committing to taking parental leave. I said I need to decide what is best for my situation. His response was always, show me a plan, putting the mental load of planning and burden to make it work on me. I've said that I recognize we would need to outsource help if he still has to work long hours and I'm managing my job, two kids, cooking, and managing the household. Six, he also said he won't take more than two weeks of leave this time around. But here he said six weeks. That's awesome because he deserves more time with his child. And if you can take six weeks, why wouldn't you want to and be a positive example in your workplace? Seven, this post all started when he walked into the room a few hours ago and said he was ready to start thinking about baby number two. We equally want a second child, but are trying to work out how to best go about it. What isn't necessarily mentioned here is how I accept, regretfully, that having a second child means the increased mental and physical load on myself. Some of the facts from our first child. One, since the day our child was born, I have done 95% of the night shifts and still have worked a full-time job. Two, I do 70% of the cooking, which sucks because he's a great cook, but I do the weekday cooking for the family. Three, I work full-time, but have to leave work early due to the daycare pickup and make up the hours from 9 p.m. to midnight, meaning I get less sleep than him and more interrupted sleep. So... Are you an asshole for asking me to sacrifice and take my turn? Buddy, I have my turn every single day. Love you. Smiley emoji. Buddy, I have my turn every single day. That's uh, that's flipping fantastic. This is really interesting. So his question was, am I the asking off for asking my wife to take her turn of parental leave? And yeah, there was uh, there was quite a bit of misleading information in here. Um, you know, his his he said he just left it at I took seven months of parental leave. Well, only four of that being dedicated to the child was something that would have been useful information here, bro. It would have been really useful information. So, so essentially what you're saying is you think your, your wife needs to step up and do more. Um, I, I'd be really curious OP 
If you, after reading through this list, are like, yes, all of that is accurate. If everything that your wife said here is is accurate, you got some splaining to do, man. You've you got some groveling to do, and you're going to have to just suck it up and step up. Step up, man. Step up. And I completely understand the whole making up work hours between from 9 p.m. to midnight. I do the same kind of thing. And the benefit for me is that I get to pick up kids from school. I get more time with my family and I make it up on the back end when everybody else is sleeping. And I'm okay with that. That's a choice for flexibility and freedom. And in no way does that mean you work less. Normally it means you work more, but it's a sacrifice that you make for your family. He seems to be thinking here that um, she needs to do it all. Doesn't seem fair doesn't seem balanced, doesn't seem like the way to go here. So uh, I'm going to say, OP, yes, you are the asshole here. Where are we going to put OP? Where does OP belong here? As a reminder, the ASCON scale is a measure of the severity of asshole. ASCON 4 is the least severe asshole. ASCON 1 is the worst. 4 is you could have done it differently. 3 is you should have done it differently. 2 is definitely shouldn't have done that. And 1 is a terrible human being. While he did mislead us in his original post, I don't think he was malicious. I don't think there's there's anything evil behind it. It was dumb. It was a brozo move. Um, but maybe that is like his worldview understanding of things. And he wasn't aware of how much she actually did and how his math was kind of off. Um, seems like he should have known though. So he's saying, am I the astronaut for asking wife to take her turn of parental leave? Um, definitely should have done it differently. I'm going to go with definitely shouldn't have done that. Brozo ask on to ask on to brozo amendment. He definitely, uh, should have done it differently, but the question is, am I the astronaut for asking wife to take her turn of parental leave? And after after her adjustments on all of the points that he made, yeah, he definitely should not have asked her to take her turn because she does have her turn every single day. Wrong move. Ask on to. It's not just should it's not just should have done it differently. You should you should not have done that, sir. Sir, you should not have done that. Luckily, you seem to have a pretty rock solid awesome wife because she uh she pretty much put you in your place here and then said, uh, love you. This kind of feels like how Candy Thunder and I am. It's like, yeah, there's gonna be a jab, but the, this is ripping Beth, right? This is uh <laughs> I love you. I'll see you at the house later, but F you. So uh, top comment here is, uh, or hear me out, hold off on having another child for the moment. Seriously, you guys are adding more unnecessary stress. <laughs> another one, please don't have the second child yet, especially since you both sound re- resentful and even a tad passive aggressive toward each other, despite the love use. Okay, so so yeah, the, the wife came back and posted as a comment, but he did say to read hers. So, so this was a, a group effort, but man. Okay, somebody said, my wife is asking for the second child, not me. He said that. He said, my wife is asking for the second child, not me, which contradicts what she said down here because she said this whole thing started because he walked in and said he's thinking about baby number two. So obviously you guys are on different pages here overall, not just about kids, but on pretty much everything. And there needs to be an alignment of thinking. And I mean, obviously men are from Mars, right? So so we're going to see things differently anyway, but there are disagreements on like basic facts here that that you guys really need to come together on before you're going to have the teamwork necessary to have another kid. And it sounds like we didn't go into a whole lot of detail about how their teamwork operated for, for kid one, but, but, but there's some bitterness afterwards there. My wife is asking for the second child. Not me is the only comment he added. Candy Thunder says, yeah, that's, but that that's a direct contradiction here. So it just makes it even worse. And it, it definitely seems like, you know, they, they have some funny banter and yes, they, they did this at least, he showed her this wasn't a secretive thing. She responded right on it and, and they're doing this together, but they're both looking at the same thing and seeing two different things. I don't know how to, I don't know how to approach that, but I know he's, he definitely shouldn't have 
have asked what he asked. That's where I'm at here. So the wife came back and posted as her own account, but apparently he knew that was com- that was coming ahead of time uh, because he had showed her the post as he was working on it. So they knew it was going on, but it doesn't change anything about them not having the teamwork necessary to to survive this. And having a kid takes a hell of a lot of teamwork to survive. And you guys are going to be both on your last thread. You're going to be just surviving in zombie mode. You're going to say shit to each other that you never thought you'd say to each other because you're just you're you're just stressed to the max and you're operating on no sleep and it's tough. So if right now you guys are already to this point, um, what's it going to be like when you get to that point? When you start really taking jabs? When your filter goes away? If this is your filter, then there's some shit wrong. Some shit wrong. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.